Welcome to your journey to happiness. My name is Angela Quibelli. And today is season one, episode 10, The Road to My Log Cabin. I am so excited. I have so much to update you guys about. I apologize. It's probably been a a month since my last podcast. I've been super busy. I have so much to tell you guys. But let me start by by saying something. I, I forgot something in my last episode. Uh, when I was talking about my, my trip to Virginia around February 1st, I think I spent about three weeks with my son. During that time, something else I did that was really good that I, I, I forgot to mention was that um, I wanted to get, um, for the truck I got for my son, for his Chevy Silverado, I wanted to get a nice cover for the back of it that covers the bed. And you either, you either can get a, a soft cover or a hard cover. The soft covers are, you know, around five dollars $600, and the hard cover is um, usually around like a thousand, right? A thousand, eleven hundred, whatever it is, right? So I had um, I found a place nearby, a local place that that you know installs them. It's a father and son team. They have a franchise with this company called Line X. And what Line X does is they what the franchise does is I guess the I guess the bulk of their business is they'll they'll spray. Um, they'll spray like what's called a bed liner in the back of a truck. Some of those trucks, if you see them, these pickups, they have like a shiny back, a shiny bed. With, so what this Line X is, is they spray like this black, um, you know, coat that has like this like like grit in it, like this granite type look to it. So it protects the bed as well as I guess maybe provides extra grip or something like that. I don't know. So, um, so that's the bulk of, of this this uh, you know franchise. But and with these what else you know in addition these guys to make money obviously they they do like these these bed liners and things like that. So you know I went to see these two guys. They were both very nice, the father and son. I, I decided on what type of cover I wanted, what type of hard cover, and they gave me a great quote. And I think it was like a thousand dollars and a thousand fifty dollars installed in and out, right? So this was like the first week in February, and I and I said to them, I said, you know, I'll let you guys know in about two weeks, because why? Because personally, I knew that I wouldn't have money available until until like February 19th, and I'll I'll get into why. But the point is that normally I would just put this on credit. Right, it was only a little over a thousand dollars, you know, and I kind of wanted to get it also before the next snowstorm, you know, but. Again, but I, I, you know, I held back because I, I don't. I'm trying to stay off my credit. Right? I'm trying to pay down credit, right? So I held off, because I knew that money would be coming my way in two weeks, right? Um, so what happened was, in the meantime, though, something freed up in my in my stock account, my investing account, where I was able to take advantage of of, of doing a trade on some stock that I already own, that I had previously got put to, like two months prior. The stock was moving up in price, and I was able to sell covered calls on. I had a thousand shares of it. I was able to sell ten covered call contracts at a certain price, and I got three thousand dollars for that automatically in my account for that promise to sell that stock at a certain higher price, right? So I got the three thousand. I right away transferred the money. I had it in my checking account the next day. So then what I did was I went to see those guys and I said, okay, you know, I'm, I'm able to do this now, you know, let's, let's take care of it. And, uh, and so, uh, 
So I went to schedule with them, and they said, "Okay, we'll have it in a few days." They'll, you know, they'll call me this and that. But what's 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 great is that I again I didn't put it on credit like I would normally do, because you know, and if you just keep adding stuff to credit, even though you think you could pay it off, what happens is it really keeps adding. It keeps adding to your. It keeps adding to your minimum payment, and it it can get to the point where. You know, it can get to the point where, you know, that minimum payment is just, it's just unbearable. It's, it's just tough to maintain. You know, so you're really not helping yourself. So it really pays to like, in a situation like that, to really not use your credit. So I'm glad I didn't because, you know, I'm trying to pay down my credit cards. My minimum payments get, you know, it's, it was high. I'm trying to lower that, right? So it would have been foolish for me financially to just throw the cover, the thousand dollar cover onto onto my credit. So I, I was I was happy about that. Now normally too, like if I had savings, I would use my savings, right? But I don't really have savings. All my savings is in my TD Ameritrade investment account because I want to keep my money in play to because I keep making money off that. So I want it in play. And um and if, if the time comes when I want to buy something, or if I know I have expenses coming up or purchases coming up, then I'll, I'll you know I'll wait till money's available, or I'll do a trade to make the money to cover it, and then I'll put that money in, in, I'll leave it in cash in my investment account that I could just withdraw that day and get it the next day in my in my checking account. So that's kind of what I did in this situation. I, I you know I made the extra money. I took the I took three thousand dollars out that I made. I used one thousand for the um, for the cover and. I used another two thousand to pay down on my Amex, so it was really a, it was a great move, and I did it all with what with money that wasn't even mine, money that I made in the market. That's why I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep pounding this into your head, guys, because it, it, until you see, until you feel what I feel about paying your bills, about not even being stressed over bills like you used to be, until you feel that you're not really gonna understand what I'm talking about. So I'm just gonna keep pounding it in until you guys start doing it. So that's that was one another excellent thing I did on that time. I was able to buy this cover. I bought it right with money that wasn't even mine. Beautiful thing. Uh, but let me update you on since then what's been going on. So I may have mentioned before that I did find um, a log cabin because that's that's my dream is to have a log cabin, whether it's in the mountains or on a lake or in the mountains with a little pond, whatever. You know, it's it's hard to ha- it's hard to actually get. Like my ideal dream is really to have a log cabin right on a nice lake. Preferably, I mean, I don't even have to own the lake. It'd be nice just to have access to the lake. But I also want like a lot of land too. So it's really hard to get both of those. So I'd be happy with, I guess, since I want a log cabin with some land, that's more of a priority for me right now. Um, it'd be nice if I can find one with a pond on it or something like that, whatever the case may be, or enough land that I could maybe have my own pond dredged, whatever the case may be. So the point is, I probably mentioned to you prior that I did find a log cabin on 20 acres in Virginia, like near, kind of near between, I guess, Richmond and Charlottesville, you know, and maybe an hour and 20 out of D.C., which I really wasn't crazy. I don't really want to be anywhere near D.C., that's too much drama for me. I don't. I really don't want to. That's not where I really want a place. But this cabin was really pretty. It was. It was it had a beautiful fireplace that I was looking for. Um, it was a wood burning fireplace with some nice, beautiful, 
uh, fossilized stone. It was really pretty. It was on 20 acres, which, which I thought was great because I wanted at least 20 acres, right? And so, and I told you what, what made the deal really sweet was that this woman who was selling it, she thought that the land behind her, which was another 20 acre lot, she thought it was available for sale, right? Now there is a lot behind her property that is for sale for 20 acres for like $175,000 for the 20 acres. And this woman wanted like 570 for her house in 20 acres. But it turns out that I found out, I was looking at the satellite map, I found out that, that there's another piece of property between hers and this other one for sale. You know, so I, I, she had no idea. And it turned out that that property is not actually for sale. It is another 20 acre lot, but it's not for sale. And I tried to read, and she actually got me the owners of that property, but I reached out to them and they never got back to me. Um, so that, that kind of, that disillusioned me a little bit, you know, and also her property, although it's 20 acres, it's really just her house in the front of the property on about four acres, which is real, it was, which is cleared for the house, which is nice, nice backyard, nice big front yard. So it's about four acres, she claims. And then the other remaining 16 acres are literally just woods behind her, her house, right? with a little stream, you know, not a pond or anything. Um, and it's just strictly dense forest. And I don't even know, and it's in kind of a flatter part of Virginia where it's, you know, it's not hilly, it's not certainly not mountainous, right? So, you know, as I'm, as I'm waiting to get a hold of, because of, someone had referred me to an, a real estate attorney or, and, but I guess in Virginia, they, they like the title companies, that's where you would do a closing and, and, and they would do, I guess, the legal work for you. So anyway, I was referred to somebody, the guy, I emailed him and I called one number and then the, the person who referred it got me a better number because I said, yeah, so-and-so never got back to me, supposedly got me a better number. I called that number, left a message. The guy never got back to me. So now I'm getting a little disillusioned. I guess now that I have a little more time to think, now I'm getting a little disillusioned. I'm thinking more about this property. Is it really right for me? You know, because, you know, my son who wants to hunt, and that's the whole idea of getting the 20 acres, and also maybe I would, could even dredge a pond, something like that. So the whole idea of having this 70 acres is, it wouldn't have to 70 acres, this 20 acres that, you know, we could hunt and or maybe I could put in a pond of some kind as time goes on, right? But it's nothing but dense forest, so I, I would have to clear trees just to hunt or to put a pond, let's say. And I'm, you know, I, I would have to get a permit from the town or the county, which is fine. And I'm sure I'd have to pay a good amount of money to get, you know, some some areas cleared. So I wasn't feeling good about that. So I'm getting, as the days go on, I'm getting a little disillusioned, right? So now I'm just starting to look at other properties. I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, let me just see if something else pops up. Because each day, new stuff, every other day, new stuff is popping up when people decide to sell, right? You know, so I'm looking, you know, and I'm, nothing's really jumping out. And then I start even looking like different states again, like I did before, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, all that stuff. Right. And you know, I really wanted to get something in Virginia, which it would just be so much easier. So anyway, so I'm still I'm looking for properties again now in the three, four different states. Right. And I'm just. I'm just getting a little disillusioned. Again, the attorney's not calling me back. So, you know, like five days are going by already, you know, and 
And what happened was that one one night there was a it was very very windy, like a big storm was coming through. I was I happened to be back on Long Island, right? And a big storm was coming through, and it just it it was stressing me out. It woke me up around two in the morning. I even tried closing the window, and that just muffled the sound of these winds coming through, right? So that didn't help. So finally at 2.30, I figured, let me get up, and I'll just do a little studying for my this financial course I'm taking I told you about. You know, I'll just do some studying. The house will be quiet, whatever. And, uh, and again, I was stressing out over this. And the reason why I was stressing out over this storm, this windstorm, was because it, it made me feel like at any moment a tree's going to come crashing through the window or on the roof or I'm going to lose uh, these stockade fence panels that always seem to come down during a strong wind and you know that, then I'm not going to worry about fixing that real quick the next day because I, I have two little dogs and it's just it was a lot of stress for me just to hear this wind right so anyway I got up and I was about to study, but I figured, let me jump on, you know, when I, before I jumped on, the, I jumped on my laptop, and before I started, you know, with my, continue with my studying my course, I figured, let me look, check out Zillow and Real, Realtor.com, let me just check it out and see what's doing, and this, now it's about three o'clock in the morning, right, and again, the house is quiet, the wind is still blowing, stressing me out a little bit, right, so it's three o'clock in the morning, and all of a sudden, you know, with, like on, I think it was Zillow, the new, like, new listings will show up in blue. It'll say new, right? Because I already have my filters in, like, 20 acres or more, you know, uh, 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 you know, a, a home and, and property, you know, not just land or whatever. So automatically my filters were, were, already, were already saved. And as soon as I opened it up, I see a picture of a new log cabin or a new picture, a new listing for a log cabin. I see the cabin. It looks quaint and cute and everything, and it's new, and it says listed seven hours ago, right? So somebody must have listed, like, whatever, if you do the math, but let's say 10 o'clock that night or 11, whatever it was, whatever seven hours minus the 3 a.m. is, right? So right away, my ears, like, perked up like a, like a, like a dog or something, right? And I'm looking at this cabin. It looks really cute. I can't wait to start looking at photos. I see that it's... it's um. It's 65 acres. I'm like, oh my God, you know? And it was in an area of Virginia that, that I know about, I know very well. I used to ride my motorcycle past there. It was right like on the Blue Ridge Parkway. And I'm like, oh, this is great. You know, this is kind of more what I was looking for. Even though the area is a little more re remote, you know, it's it was still a beautiful area. I know the area well, right? And, and it is kind of on a remote side, you know, which is a concern because again, I want to be near hospitals, veterinary care, you know, shopping, preferably a Kroger or a Sam's Club or a Costco, right? At least, you know, at least within a half hour or something or an hour, right? So, so I'm looking, now I'm looking at the pictures. I see right away the price was decent. It was even, the asking price was even less than the other cabin, you know, that this woman was selling near Richmond, right? So the price was even less. The cabin was really good looking, real cute. Um, the, uh, the land was six, 65 acres, right? And the location I know well, right? So I'm looking at these pictures and just one picture after another is just, just driving me crazy. You know, it was a nice fireplace, although I couldn't tell if it was wood or gas log, you know, uh, but it was a pretty fireplace. It was a, it was a smaller cabin. It was, it was a true log cabin, but smaller than the other one about me, honestly, about maybe a third of the size, but it wasn't like rustic, like a rustic crappy hunting cabin. You know, this was actually a good true log cabin very updated, very well updated, you know, something that you could live in all year round, right? 
and just the cabin was quaint and cozy three bedrooms two bath nice little kitchen you know open up into the small living room very quaint very cozy you know two bedrooms down on the lower level one bedroom master bedroom on top with its own bathroom up top uh, another bed a full bath down you know on the main level um uh, one decent sized bedroom another smaller one uh, laundry facilities you know um and, and the kitchen was updated, like nothing you had to do in the kitchen. The bathroom was updated as far as fixtures, nothing you had to change. Because even in that other cabin, like right away, like what was stressing me out, stressing me out was that I knew I would have to clear some trees at one point on her 20 acres. And I didn't really like the kitchen. The house was 15 years old and it looks like she did nothing to upgrade it since she had it built. So already I, I was thinking about redoing the kitchen, redoing the two bathrooms, and like, that's not a way to go into a house, you know? So that's what was making, really creating anxiety for me too. But this new cabin, everything was set. The cabin itself needed nothing. And the land, I cannot tell you how beautiful the land is. It's in the mountains, it's in the Blue Ridge Mountains. So it's got some nice little hills about it, a couple of different ridges, and it's got a good mixture of you know, dense forest and open, you know, pastures, if you will, if you will, if you want to call it pastures. And it's got mature fruit trees. It even shows you a picture of deer that are on the property. And it shows you, um, um, I think the guy, the guy, I guess the, pre the, the previous owners were hunters. So they already even had tree stands up in place. And it had a pond. Uh, it had actually had two ponds. I guess one smaller one leading into a bigger one. And the bigger one was, was stocked with fish. So right off the bat, this is looking great for me. It's got everything I need, everything I wanted, and it's literally on the Blue Ridge Parkway. And as a motorcyclist, that is nirvana. To literally be, to literally be steps away from the Blue Ridge Parkway, that you could be in a different state, in, in you know five different states within an hour, that's just amazing. So I was, I, I, I was so excited seeing this, and I couldn't, and I knew, this would something would go. This would go quick. I knew it. I knew that if I had to see this right away, and I knew I had to jump on it because I can't tell you how many times I did see a nice, you know, property. And and what does it say in, in the listing? It says contingent, which means there's a contract on it already, which means somebody probably grabbed it in the first day, right? So here's a situation where maybe I could be the guy to grab this the first day. So. Now it's like 7.30, I'm up and about, I'm, I'm, I'm at my favorite egg spot getting an egg sandwich, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to email this, the, the agent, you know, I don't even, I don't want to text him and wake him up and upset him, I don't want to, certainly don't want to call him at 7.30 in the morning, so like I emailed him, and then, I think it was around 8 o'clock, I'm, I'm still eating my egg sandwich at this, at my bagel spot there, and now it's, I'm getting really anxious, so now 8 o'clock, I go ahead and text him. And it looked like the text didn't even go through or something like that. So I don't know if I had a wrong number or whatever the case may be. So then I was going to try and call him. But this guy, the agent, calls me back. I guess he saw the email, right? Thank God probably went to his phone. Because the number I had for him wasn't, for whatever reason, he couldn't get the text or he didn't see my text, right? He calls me back. I tell him I'm interested in the property. I, you know, I tell him what I've been, what I've been looking for something similar. I know the area well. How soon can I see it? And he didn't even get the keys yet to the property. The owners are in uh, uh, North Carolina. Didn't even get the keys yet. He tells me, yeah, it's still available. He's telling me a little bit more about it. I said, okay, well, listen, 
I've been looking at another cabin, but I really want to see this one. You tell me what I got to do. How soon can I see it? And it turned out, I guess, three days later, he would have the keys. Because I was prepared to, like... That day, I really couldn't do anything. I, it was too late to get a flight or anything. And I, and I, you know, I really didn't think about driving. So we worked it out where in, in that three days, I could see it. So what I did was I ended up driving, actually, the next day. Because the flights were weird. And, and by the time I got... It just didn't make sense flight-wise. It really didn't. It was just easier to drive the next day, take my time and drive and just make sure I'm there the night before. And that's kind of what I did. So I saw this cabin and I even asked this guy, I said, what do I need if, if I, let's say I like it, what do I need to lock this thing in? He says, well, you just need a check, you know, a check for $5,000 or, uh, you know, if you want to make a stronger offer, make a stronger statement, you could, you know, you could get, leave a check for 10,000, whatever it is. You know, and I was already pre-approved for the other cabin in Richmond, so I, I already I had already emailed him that um, pre-approval letter. So, because they usually want that when you put an offer in, so I was prepared that if this place, you know, was was what it looked like in the pictures, because we know sometimes it doesn't, right? And if this place, you know, the area was okay, which I was kind of familiar with, because I've driven past there a few times on my motorcycle. Um, I just needed to just feel it was it was right. I was ready to make an offer. So I went, I went, I saw the place, you know, I drove and then I took the truck to, because uh, this place was about two and a half hours away from where my son lives. It, this was like on an, almost on the North Carolina border. And um, I went and saw this place and I it was even better than the pictures. And I, I made my offer and I was hoping though, I was really hoping, I knew I'd be the first offer in because no one had seen the place yet. Right, so I knew I had the opportunity at least to put in the first offer, right? But you know, sometimes what well, you don't swing at the first pitch, right? For you know, for the seller, right? So I was really afraid, and this was now—I think I was seeing it on a Thursday. It was a Thursday morning at like nine nine a.m., right? So I was afraid, and I knew this guy was going to have more people lined up because even the agent said he's already got people hitting them up that they want to see it Saturday, Friday, Monday, you know, he's got a doctor coming Monday, so-and-so's coming Saturday, blah, 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 right? And I don't think he was lying, because most agents, they'll puff it up like that, like, oh, you better hurry, you know, it's, it's going to go quick, and, you know, they usually puff it up, but in this case, the guy wasn't like that, he just said, listen, I, I got a bunch of guys looking at it, yeah, so if you like it, definitely put in an offer, and he wasn't kidding, you know, because I know these properties, you know, probably like that, it's going to go right away, I, I knew it, right? So, or I felt it, right? So I made my offer, but what I was afraid of on the drive going to see this place was that if I did like it, if I did make an offer, I was afraid that either the broker and or the seller would sit on it for the weekend, let other people come see it, and just, you know, let it be a bidding war or take the highest bid or whatever the case may be. That's what I was really afraid of because I knew that would, you know, that could ruin my chances. I really wanted and I prayed. I wanted that if I liked this place on Thursday, when I saw it, I really wanted to leave there with a signed contract. That was my goal. And that's not easy because I really didn't have control over it. All I could do is make a nice, make an offer, you know, offer a price that the guy wants, but he could still say, you know, he, he could sit on it. He doesn't have to accept it. He could sit on it for two weeks 
you know, because he just listed it. He might he might try and get another fifty grand out of it or twenty five thousand. He has that right, right? Well, the broker might get a want to get a want, you know want it to sell more just to get a few more thousand in his commission, right? But I know one thing that I had going for me was that that the agent, you know, if if I'm his only game in town, like like I'm not I didn't bring a, an agent with me. Like I didn't have an agent contact him for me. Like I didn't have representation as an agent for me. I'm just calling the list the the seller's agent. So that means that if we do the deal, he gets full commission, whatever it is, the six percent or whatever it is, right? But now if other agents that are seeing the listing and they want to bring people to see it right away, his commission cuts in half. You know, and it's not a lot to begin with for these, you know, real estate agents. They really gotta sell a lot of volume, you know, to make to make money. It's tough, you know, as an agent when you're getting six percent or five percent and you're basically giving a percentage to your broker, right, who owns your company, and then you know, you've if you involve more people, you're walking away with less and less. So I knew that what I had going for me was that if I was this agent's only game in town that weekend, that he would, you know, maybe push for me he still have, he would still have to present all offers to the seller by law you have to do that but i'm sure he'd rather lock it in with me than have another agent bring somebody two days later and get even a better offer it doesn't mean he's going to get more money and i was hoping too that the seller would maybe have would would be the kind of guy that you know also understood that that to make an extra five thousand dollars you you're just really hurting your own agent you know, and he, maybe he would be considerate. You know, most people don't care. They just want top dollar and that's it. And they don't care that their agent's going to get less and split it. Or they don't, like some people just don't care. And that's understandable. Everybody has their right, the right to do that, right? I was just hoping that that I needed all the pieces of this puzzle to work for it to work for me. Right? I needed the sellers to, to just want to get rid of the place right away. Because apparently they just bought a bigger place in the Shenandoah Valley. Like a like a seven hundred thousand dollar cabin with with more acres, maybe even a hundred acres for all I know, right? Supposedly they bought a really beautiful property, even nicer than this one. I think it was at least a hundred acres. It was probably a bigger log cabin, you know, because this one was on a, a little on a small side, and the guy did have t two kids, you know, so it was it was a little small full time for a family. So apparently they found their dream, you know, ranch or dream farm. So I had that going for me. And he really just wanted, he literally just got it like a week ago or something. So that's why he wanted, there was no need. He would love to have kept both, but there was no need to. It didn't make sense. So I had that going for me that he just kind of wanted to be over and done with it, get his equity out of it. Because he had just bought it the year before also, this, this particular place. The sellers only had it for a year. And what's nice is too is that the guy's wife, she did all those nice touches. She had like a nice female touch to the cabin. So like... You know, the, the kitchen was a little bit nicer. The fixtures in the bathroom were a little bit nicer. You could tell it was a female's touch, and it really added to it. It added to the charm of the cabin, right? So anyway, I needed everything to work for me. I needed I needed sellers to just want to kind of get rid of it, be over and done with it, not get involved in bidding wars and drama and different agents, brokers and whatnot. I was hoping that they respected their agent enough to know that, you know, if he brings a, a, a buyer, he gets the full commission. He doesn't have to split it, right? You know, and I was hoping too that the agent would maybe push for me and be done with it, and move on to his next property. So I needed all these things to fall into place. I needed the stars to align on this Thursday morning for this thing to work for me, right? So 
you know, I, I even said to the agent before I even saw him, I said, listen, I said, do you think the seller's the kind of guy that would you know, sit on this all weekend? You think he'd be happy if he got his price this week? And the agent said, no, I think I, he's a good guy. I think, he'd, I think he just wants to be done with it. He'd be happy. You know, I got, he says, he'd be happy with, with just getting it done with. You know, I have to tell him that there's other people interested, but he would be happy with just getting it done with. I said, okay, great. That's good to know. I was still nervous about it, right? So the point was I made the offer. And also I asked the agent too prior to, you know, flying down, uh, driving down. I said, you know, what do you think is going to be his happy price? You know, uh, the place was listed at, uh, let's see, what was it listed at? Listed at like 549 I would have loved to have had it for 525 but, you know, I, I, so anyway, the agent said, he goes, well, you know, it's, it's probably got to be like five, at least 540 right? So I'm thinking, okay, maybe the guy wants five, you know, probably, he'll probably want 545 maybe I'll offer the 540 and, and we'll, we'll leave it at that, or maybe he'll come back and say, you know, whatever the case may be, right? The point was, I was prepared to pay whatever the guy wanted, because, again, it was less than the other cabin, it was so much more of a better property. So... I went to see it. I loved it. The cabin, the property. The guy took me around on the, all over the property. I saw the pond, the tree stands, the apple trees. It was, it was, it was sick. It was unbelievable. It was a, it was literally a hunter's paradise. And for someone like me who likes to fish, I could have fished in the pond. There's also nearby lakes. No big deal. I could go kayak fishing on the lake. You know, and I could ride my motorcycle. It had everything that I wanted, right? So I said, okay, let's let's do this. I said. I want this done today. So I offered the guy 540,000 and I said I'm willing to pay 540 even if he's willing to sign a contract today. And I was willing to give a check for $10,000. Which where did I get the 10 from people? The market. I already made it in the market. I right away a few days prior, I cleared things up. I bought out of a few promises, but still at a profit to free up some money. I transferred that money in my checking account the next day, and I was prepared to, to give that check for 10000 It came from the market. Again, I, until, you, until you write that check with money that's not yours, you don't understand what I'm talking about. You will never understand the beauty of making money with op, options income every month until you start writing checks for money that's not even yours that you didn't work hard eight hours a day, commuting four hours a day, and it coming out of your check after tax. Okay, so anyway, I made the offer for 540, right? Because the agent pretty much said that's, really, that's what he wants. He wants something in the 540s, right? So I figured again, I'd offer the 540, the guy will probably come back at 545. So I offered 540, I told the agent, you know? And I said to the agent, I said, listen, I said, I said, look, I would love to have this beautiful cabin and all this land for $525. i am not going to lie for you. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I would love to have it for $525. But I told him straight out. I said, and look, I'm, I mean, you guys don't know me, but I'm very, very sincere. I don't bullshit anybody, right? So I, um, I said to him, I'd love to have this place for $525, $525,000. But I want everybody to be happy here today. I want us all to be friends today. I want the seller to get what he wants. Mark, I want you to get a sale under your belt now so you can move on to your next property. And, and, and I just want everybody to be happy. And I want it done today. So I said, I'm, I'm willing to go 540000 even if he signs a contract today. 
And then the agent says to me, he says, do you want me to, do you want me to ha- ask him to include the furniture? I'm thinking to myself, include the furniture? Like, I never even, like, that never even occurred to me. Like, what? Why would, you know, why would I even want the furniture? I mean, it was nice. Actually, again, the, the wife did a nice thing. Like, you know, the, the bed, the bed sets were like, you know, this like, it looked like, you know, stuff that you find in like a nice log cabin or a hunting cabin, you know? I mean, they, they had nice stuff. They had this beautiful kitchen, kitchen table, like where maybe a center island would go, but they had a nice, beautiful table with like, it had this, I can't describe it. It looked like this big chunk of beautiful shellacked wood with matching chairs. Like it fits so right in the, in the cabin. Like everything fit nicely. Like it looked great there. Everything looked great, you know. So why reinvent the wheel? So I said, okay, yeah, I'll take the furniture. <laughs> I mean, I was willing to pay the five forty without the furniture, but I said, okay, yeah, ask him to leave the furniture. <laughs> so he goes, all right, I'll give him a call, and uh, and um. He got off the phone with the guy, and then the guy just, I guess the seller just wanted to quickly get a hold of his wife, who I think was at work. And and before, like, you know, before we even left the property, 10 minutes later, as, as the guy was closing, locking, as the agent was locking the front gate to the property, he gave me the thumbs up sign. He said, you're good to go, furniture included. I, I was shocked. I was shocked. And, and I don't feel for a second that oh maybe I could have got it for 525 because you know what at that point you know I didn't want to make an offer low to piss the guy off or, or or have the guy say yeah well you know what this guy let's just see what else you know people are offering you know I didn't want that I wanted things to happen today so that's why I didn't mind offering the 540 and I, so I don't feel for a second that I left money on the table that I could have got it for cheaper I don't care because I was actually willing to pay more I was willing to pay $550 for the place. I would have not liked to get into a bidding war. That's why I wanted it done that day. So I was prepared to give them $550 that day. Because that's probably, if I'm lucky, that's what I would have paid for that other cabin where the lady wanted $570. I'm lucky if I if I was going to get that for $550. I was already prepared to pay $550 for that one. And this was so much of a better deal. So it all just worked out great. The offer was accepted. I got a signed contract that day. You know, I already did the home inspection on it. Then, you know, I took my son up to check it. Uh, I, I drove up again for the home inspection. I had my son take a look at it. He absolutely loved it. He just lost it. And my son, he didn't know. He thought I was in town. I made, I made it a surprise. He thought I came into town because I wasn't prepared to go see him for another few weeks, you know. And so he didn't know why he won. You know, he was curious why I was coming to Virginia again, although he didn't mind, but he was curious. I said, oh, well, yeah, I got to take care of some things for that cabin, meaning the other one in Richmond. Like he thought we were still moving forward on that. So I totally didn't tell him about this one because I wanted to see it first and I wanted to get a contract in my hand first. So I couldn't wait to tell him after I got the signed contract. I couldn't wait to tell him on the way home. Listen, I got a surprise for you. We got the cabin under contract, but it's not the same cabin you saw. And I told him about it. And without even seeing it, just hearing my description, he just lost it. He was so excited. And then when he finally saw it, he couldn't be happier. Because we've been wanting to get a place like that for ever since he, he started going to school in Virginia. We've wanted to get some place like that. So he was ecstatic, saw the place, loved it. Um, so we got the home inspection done. The offer was accepted. I'm getting the docs over to my lender. And of course, lenders, you know, they're making me go through hoops. They want this, they want that. So right now I'm just, 
getting over those hurdles right now. But so far, you know, it, it looks like things are going forward. And, um, you know, sh- sure, can it, you know, can it not happen? It's possible. You know, I mean, the only way it won't happen at this point is if I guess, you know, the lender doesn't want to lend me the money, you know? So hopefully I'll, I could satisfy them. Even though, because even if you get pre-approved, that means nothing. You got to, you got to show them all the docs they want. And then they, you know, nitpick everything. And, you know, they may want you to pay down more credit, which I'm willing to do. They may want you to put more down, which I'm on the, at closing, which I'm willing to do. So, you know, I got a lot of that going for me. So I'm just hoping to get through all these little hoops that they're putting me through. And I guess that's just part of the, that's just part of the, uh, the procedure but one thing that's really kind of exciting too well not exciting but one thing that well yeah it is exciting one thing that's kind of exciting is that you know i i hadn't bought a property for probably about 15 years you know less the the house i have on long island i bought that 20 years ago but the condo i bought in connecticut that was probably 15 years ago and you know closings were like 60 to 90 days and it just took forever with documents but now things are just I got so much done like in two days, we have a tentative closing date of like April 15th or April 16th or something like that. You know, like a 30 day closing, documents on, you know, emailing and scanning and it's just so much easier today than it was 15 years ago. So I'm kind of excited about that. I, I hope, it seems like the process is a little more streamlined. And plus I have a good, not, not my agent, but the seller's agent, he's a good guy here. He's getting the things that I need. You know, it's things that he needs to get me as a seller's agent or get over to my lender. You know, he immediately emailed the contract over to my lender. So, like, the process is moving nicely. I guess things are a little bit easier today than it was clearly 15 years ago. So, I, I just, I'm excited about that. But that was, that's the big excitement. You know, I found my dream cabin. I hope and I pray every day that it's going to come to fruition. And I'm just super excited about it. Um, the weather was great these last two weeks in Virginia. You know, got into the 70s finally yesterday. It was, you know, in the 60s a couple days prior. So I got on my bike, the Indian Challenger, and I took some good rides. Unfortunately, the Blue Ridge Parkway was actually closed off at, um, like, if I went, you know, if I went to the left and went south, I think it, you know, like, within two miles, it was closed off. If I went to the right north, again, within, like, two miles, it was closed off. And because I guess some parts of it was still icy and snowy, I guess, or they just for whatever reason, so they closed it off for safety reasons. So, so I wasn't able to really. And I tried like two days in a row. Um, the second day, though, when I saw it was closed off again, and it was getting, it was st- it was even warmer. It was in like it was like 65. I thought for sure it'd be open, but it wasn't. But the second time around, I did pass a road that. I normally just pass, you know, I, I normally just stay on the Blue Ridge Parkway. I, I usually don't get off the, um, the, the, whatever, the little exits that come, you know, come in and off it. I kind of just want to go to the end and come back, something like that, you know. But in this case, there was a road that I could have accessed. And it led to um, a town called Natural Bridge. And it was, and I'd never taken it before. So I figured, you know what, let me, I want to kill time. It's nice. I want to get some more time on the bike. It's a nice day out. The bike's, you know, running good. Everything's good. So let me just keep going. So I took this road to the to Natural Bridge, and it was, it was, it was really nice because this part of the Parkway, the Blue Ridge Parkway, it crosses the um, the James River, which is pretty huge, and it, it continues a lot throughout a big part of Virginia. So, 
And for all I know, it might even go straight west into West Virginia. It may. I'm not sure. But so I, I, I took this one route off of the parkway. It was Route 130. And it led to Natural Bridge um, to the west, right? So, but what's nice is that it followed along on the other side of the James River. Like when I get on the parkway at this point in Virginia, I come up one side of the James River and then I get on the parkway, which then if I'm going north, it'll cross the James River, you know. But this road, it's on the other side of the James River and it parallels the river and it really takes you along a beautiful part of the river that I never saw before, part that, a part of the river that, that is a little wider and has some dams and, and I don't want to say waterfalls, but almost like, like a nice dam. It looks almost like, like a mini Niagara Falls. It's really kind of cool. It was very, and it was, it was breathtaking. And there were, you know, parts of the river that had, I guess, a lot of rocks. So you saw like some rapids and stuff. So it was really a very pretty part of the river that I had never seen before. And the road was beautiful. It was maintained well. It was winding. You know, because you're still in, I mean, you're in the Blue Ridge Mountains. So it was it was really nice. It was a great ride, a great day. So I took this nice hour ride up to Natural Bridge. And then I just came back. It was such a great ride. It was a great day. I, I'm, I, you know, and it's nice that, you know, when, you know, when sometimes there are, there's a dead end, right? I mean, if you want to get, you know, if you want to get philosophical here, you know, when there's a dead end or a, a roadblock, and literally there were two roadblocks on the Blue Ridge Parkway, you know, that's okay. I mean, sometimes I guess we get a little pissed that, oh God, you know, we can't, we can't, we can't continue. You know, my, my dream is stopped or my journey is stopped or, you know, I can't go where I want to go today. And that frustrates us sometimes, right? But I've experienced this before in life and you may have too. That's, you know, sometimes when there's a roadblock, you know, it's, you just got to make the best of it. Or maybe it's blocked for a reason. Right? I strongly believe that things happen for a reason. Like, for example, I think that this attorney in that other cabin deal in, near Richmond, I, I didn't get a call back from him for a reason. Now I know, right? To find this other better deal. Right? Things happen for a reason. The night of the storm, when I woke up at 2, 3, 2 in the morning, being stressed out, you know, I don't mind saying this. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a very religious guy or spiritual, but I do believe in God. I do pray to him as much as I can. It's a personal thing, right? I don't go to church. It's, it's a personal thing for me. Faith is personal for me. But I do thank God as much as I can. I do pray to God for help and guidance. I do, right? So I, I really think, I'd like to think that that wind, instead of really, not, you know, when I originally thought it was stressing me out, I really, I really think it was God speaking to me. As if to say, get up, I got something for you. I mean, I feel that. I'm good with that. I'm going to go with it. You know, you might think it's silly. You might think I'm rationalizing. But you know what? I'm going with it. And I'm good. I'm good with it. So things happen for a reason. Right? So when we have these roadblocks in life, and I don't want to get all kumbayash on everybody now, but... I've experienced that when there's roadblocks in life. And my, my father always said it. When one door closes, another one opens. And he's right. God rest his amazing soul. He's right. When there's a roadblock, a, a literal roadblock, literal, emotional, financial, whatever. When there's a roadblock, it's okay to take another, to, to find another path. It's okay. And it might even be better. So 
like for example, if, if, if the Blue Ridge Parkway had not been closed two days in a row, I would not have taken this road because I've passed by it so many times. I didn't really feel a need to, right? Because I was on technically the better highway. I was on the Blue Ridge Parkway. You know, for motorcyclists, that's a better road, right? But this turned out to be an even better one with a better view. So that's why I'm, I'm, I don't get frustrated when there's blockages. Like even now with this new cabin, the loan officer's kind of blocking me a little bit. They want this, they want that. And it is frustrating, but I, I'll get through it. And you know what, ultimately too, maybe there's a reason for it. Maybe I'm not supposed to have this cabin. I don't think so, but maybe. I gotta be open to it, right? You know, maybe the loan officer's giving me a little flack. Maybe it's for a reason, I don't know. Or maybe it's just something I gotta get through. Either way, I'm okay with it. Because another thing my dad always said was, this too shall pass. So the little stress I'm feeling, a little stress right now about this, getting this loan, A, I know it'll pass. And you know what? If it doesn't work out, maybe there's a reason for it. So I've learned in my 58 years that, you know, there are it's okay for the road to be blocked. It's okay. Because there just may be a better road. You know, that's going to be the takeaway for this, this episode. When the road is blocked for whatever reason, literally, geographically, emotionally, financially, you know, career-wise... There's going to be a better road to take. Thanks for listening. This is Angelo Q. Have a great week. Take care.